Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every weekend talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this is spring in the mountains. This is what we are used to. This is uh, this is normal for us. And so it gets really nice. Actually, it's almost abnormal. It hasn't been nice enough. And so it's been in that 60s. It goes down to the 40s, high 30s. That's We're slowly getting warmer. And that's the unusual part. Usually we violently get warmer. It gets really nice. It's 72. It's beautiful. Let's go. And then it goes down to 28 and it just freezes. And then it goes back to 68. Then it goes down to 31. This has been more, there's still big differences between high and low during during the nights. Uh, But that's kind of the mountains. What that is, that's the altitude, makes plants it it messes with plants that that some plants don't like to go that extreme they don't like a 50 degree swing in temperature between day and night and that can happen 30s all the time 40 40 degree difference between daytime and nighttime and that's why i was helping a customer they had just moved from the mountain i forget spokane or something from from washington they moved down to arizona i'm helping them with some fruit trees and they're going, so tell me what the frost dates are. What are when do we start planting? Because, well, the locals kind of use Mother's Day as kind of the last frost date. You know, you can look around the ridge lines, and if you still see snow on the mountains, it's probably still not quite there for summer plants. She's going, wow, you're kidding me. Mother's Day, that's exactly like Spokane. I would have thought it would have been way earlier. I thought we could have planted sooner than that. I mean, April, I thought we could have planted now. And, and 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 you can. It's just you need to plant spring plants now, not summer plants. So the locals do use a Mother's Day here in the Central Highlands, you know, Yavapai area, the center part of the state. It's pretty much the same for Payson. It's actually exactly the same. It's pretty much the same for Kingman. Ah, maybe it's a couple weeks earlier. It's pretty much the same for Flagstaff, but it's a couple weeks later. But pretty much it's it's that first week in May, plus or minus a couple weeks. And then it depends on the year. So we can get these uh, a one storm system like uh, Thursday. Uh, was that right? Thursday this week? Heavy frost over, over the entire garden. Everything had frost on it. Uh, the deck, the roofs, the cars, everything had frost on it. Well, you need plants that can be planted in the yard that can take that, that like that. And so that would be in the vegetable garden. That would be kale. It loves that. The flavor just becomes crispy and melts in your mouth kind of flavor. Brussels sprouts, oh, they taste so much better when it's cool like that. If you dust a little bit of snow on top of them, it would be even better. Lettuce, it starts to bolt on you when it gets too warm. It's The flavor stays there when it's got this, this real chilly nights. They just do better. They thrive during the spring season. Now, you need plants that, that can take that. And so all, all of your evergreens, they love that. So raphaeliptus or Indian hawthorn, it's a beautiful little evergreen shrub. It's just starting to bloom, a very fragrant pink flower. It loves the spring. It loves being planted in the spring season. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of fruit trees. 
They prefer to be planted before they wake up. They want to be planted very early spring or late winter so that they can wake up on our cycle. So you want to make sure you're planting those things that like the spring. You want to t stay away from your summer plants or your tropical plants. It's far too early to put those in the ground yet. That would be things like geraniums or basil or tomatoes or peppers or eggplants or cucumbers. Those are things that you really do want to wait until the Mother's Day weekend, that, that last frost date. That's 100 years of data we've collected, and we've seen on average uh, that on, on May 8th for Prescott, Arizona, I think it's May 6th or 7th for Prescott Valley, it flexes a couple days depending on where you're at. Uh, Kingman might be the end of you know April, I'm not quite sure where that is, the end of April, uh, Cordes Junction, Spring Valley, the same. Hillside would be probably middle of April. So it just depends on where you're at. But basically, you want to know when your last frost date is. In Prescott, it's May 8th. Well, we use as a holiday Mother's Day. Okay, it's, what is Mother's Day, the 12th or something? It's close enough. You can plant before that your basil, your tropical plants, your summer-loving plants. Just make sure you protect them or you keep a very close eye on the weather. So you're able to throw a box over, you're able to protect them. Uh, a lot of questions came this week because they saw that storm midweek. They're going, Ken, my, my apricots, they're in bloom. My peaches, they're in bloom. What do I do? And so I just basically said, when you're going to get cold, make sure you hydrate your plants. So a hydrated plant keeps the, keeps the uh, uh, the antifreeze, it naturally shows up in a lot of plants. It, it keeps that flowing in the structure of that plant. And so hydration is the number one thing. And then it doesn't take much, but throw something over top of it to keep the frost from lighting on that foliage. And so a sheet. I saw someone, uh, they were using their hats. They just pulled out, cleared the closets out. They had cowboy hats. They had red hats. They had ball caps. They had hats. They just threw them over the plants, and that was good enough. You just want to keep the frost off of them. The one caveat with that is never, ever, no matter what, use plastic. Do not cover, do not use plastic over plants to keep a cold night out. What happens with that is it keeps the frost off, but then as the cold permeates through that, in the morning, it almost locks more cold air in around that plant so you get more damage and if you'd used a breathable material, burlap or sacks or sheets or a painter's cloth, anything, it doesn't matter, movie, just anything. The other one to watch too, because we've got a couple, two, three more weeks of this before we really get into that summer planting season. So you need to really watch out for, for frost, for the weather changes. It'll be real nice next week, and then it'll, it'll drop again. Just count on it. It's going to happen. It happens every year. That's why the 100 years of data, it says May 8th is when it stops happening. The funny thing about averages is that 50 of those years, it snowed like last year. It was cold right to Memorial Day. The other 50 of those years, it was, it was nice from the end of April right on through, but, but the average landed on May 8th. So watch the, the uh, plastics. You don't want to do that. You want a breathable material. A box. Throw a box on top. Just something to keep the frost off. For me, I do tend to plant 
a few things into my garden. So I've got a radio show, I've got podcasts. I do a garden column every week. Part of this, plus I'm a gardener, a good gardener. And there's something about a gardener that's that bragging right. Come uh, end of June, July, I want to I want to share with you at our Rotary Club or at a church social or when we when I see you at the grocery store, I want to tell you how I just picked my first tomato and it was so good. How are your tomatoes doing? And so there's this bragging comp- competition thing that happens with with gardeners. So here's what I do. Here's my insider tip. I'll start a few plants, not the whole garden, but I'll put three or four tomatoes in. And I've got these, it's called a plant protector. It's, 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 a, it's a ring that's around your tomato plant, your pepper plant, your eggplant, whatever. You fill it up with water. So they used to call them walls of water. And then as, it, as, the, as the sun warms up that water, it radiates that back out in the middle of the night to keep those plants warm. It warms up the soil much faster, so the plants will start to root faster. And so I'll usually buy two or three larger plants, and then I'll put them in the ground, and I'll put these plant protectors on them. They're like little greenhouses or teepees around them. But anyone can have them. It does. You don't need a full-on greenhouse. Just anyone can have them. They're fairly inexpensive. They last for years. They kind of get ratty looking, but it doesn't matter. They're only on the plants for the first until the end of May. And I pull them off and I go, good, it's been another good year. But it allows me to get a jump start on, on my edible plants, especially uh, for, for, for my own gardens. But your, your last frost date here in the Prescott area is May 8th. Your first frost, if you just want to know all the frost dates, is October 29. Generally, we'll use Mother's Day and Halloween as the first and last frost dates for local gardens in the Central Highland area. And you should know the first and last frost dates for your gardens. Got a lot in store for you, but we've got to pay the bills. Be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden. Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plum, and our White Night Candy Tuft. Masses of fragrant white flowers cover mounds of perennial green foliage. Extreme heat and cold tolerance, this award winner repeatedly blooms without deadheading for super easy care. Butterflies, bees, hummingbirds are going to love your backyard again. White Night Candy Tuft can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week to answer, to ask your garden questions. Just what are people talking about in the garden world? And, And we are actually open. So yes. we have been declared as an essential business because 
We sell so many edible plants. And if you're going to eat out of your backyard this year, this is the time where you're getting the soils ready. You're, you're actually getting the, the plants in the mm-hmm. ground. Sure. Uh, without us, you would not be having that produce coming out of the backyard. You would not have a new fruit tree. You would not have grapes. You would not have berries. So the mayor said, Ken, I want you to stay open. Well, good. Serve as a community. And we're happy to be open. We are. And it's nice working with people and helping them get the things that they need. And, yep. um, you know, most of the time people have a real upbeat attitude they still do. and they're in good moods. And we try to help keep it that way. So, I mean, we're seeing lots and lots of masks. So if you're, if you're new to the whole mask thing, you've been out in a week, uh, it changed this week. So there are, <laughs> everyone's got masks, mm-hmm. including us. We've got them. I'm, I'm still trying to adapt to use mine. I'm trying to, <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. You have to talk louder. It's muffled. It's just kind of, uh, it's just a different way. It. I've got ear rash where the oh. thing goes over my, Just it's just adapting. Just getting used it to it. It is adapting. I find it's hard because um, we do a lot of heavy lifting, heavy moving. We're walking back and forth all the time. And um, it's hard to breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, my hands are like, they're, they're uh, uh, all the bleach water and the sterile yeah. stuff that we've done. We, we hose down the entire place every night. Uh, our daughters come in and they basically wipe everything down with uh, different sterilization stuff. So we've got, right. we're getting really good at this. Yeah. But now this is the new thing, the, the, the whole mask thing. We had a staff meeting. On Wednesday, trained everyone on what to do and how to be safer and how to yeah. move through things and then how to wear a mask. And then we've got, we've had our, our back office folks. I mean, Doreen, you are awesome. Boy. Making masks. Yes. Yeah. Your sister up in Colorado is going, if you get me some uh, bungee stuff, we'll get you yeah. masks. They came in. Amazon came in th- with a few, just kind of, mm-hmm. we're trying to. Up our game for the staff. Right. And pull our resources and try yeah. and get what people need. And then yeah. our kids just arrived this week. So mm-hmm. they came in. So now you're seeing this weekend, you'll see six lanes working throughout the kind of, not all at once, but <laughs> we're covering seven days a week. But uh, right. there's six family members working mm-hmm. here at Waters Garden Center. I'm actually excited. It's fun. I yeah, hope. It is I hope fun. it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I've had yeah, fun so it far. Is. I enjoy working with their kids. They're good kids and I enjoy working with them. Yeah, you did good, Mom. We did good. (laughs) So should we go to Garden Questions, see what folks are talking about? You betcha. So Samantha has a question. She has a couple of apple trees in her yard that have not given her fruit the past two years. She wants to know, is it a pollinization or fertilization, just the wrong trees? What what do you think is going on there? Yeah, well, you come down to, well, last year was not a fair, fair, uh, that wasn't fair. So it was cold so late. It was heavy snows right through the middle of May. That's not a fear. But but it's, it's been the last two, three years. You haven't had fruit. There's an issue. Probably it comes down to pollination. You don't have the right varieties pollinating each other. Or you bought your tree from the wrong place. You, you, you went down to the Phoenix. It's a desert variety. Or a box store, you got it from there, and they're bringing up, you know, send 20 of those, every one of my stores. And it was meant to grow down there, but not up here. And so mm-hmm. it's not, it's blooming too early and it gets frosted out. More than likely, it's a pollination issue. You need a different variety of tree. You know, uh, apples typically need two, and it can't be two Fuji apples. They don't pollinate right. each other. It can't be two Honeycrisp. It can't be two 
Red Delicious has to be two different varieties, and the differences are what cause them to pollinate and come out. So that's more than likely it. It could be food. You should have fed or, or you should be feeding You're all, all things that are fruiting or blooming. With uh, uh, We make our own fruit tree food. It's great stuff for fruit trees. It's made for us locally. It's organic. Uh, it also works on anything that blooms. So, so for sure, take that variable out. Fertilize it. But then you're coming down to the interesting stuff. Uh, this is where you really want to do your homework before you put just any fruit tree right. or berry or grape in. You really want to know, mm-hmm. get, get advice or talk to neighbors or talk to someone that's, that's done it and, and ask them, are these two going to go together? At the end of our tree racks, we, we have um, actual charts. It goes, Fuji apple pollinates this, 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 and this, and vice versa. We've tried to make it easy for you so you can you just can be confident you're making the right decision. Or I guess it could be if you, one last thing and then we can move to the next question. Okay. But if it was a really young tree, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can get a 1999 tree <laughs> and it's a whip. Yeah. It's just trees have to be five to seven years old on average before they're old enough to even start blooming. So if it's just been a couple of years and you bought a, a two-year-old tree, it might be another one or two years before they're old enough to actually bloom. That's where, again, you want to ask your nursery, hey, or how old is this tree? Is it fruiting? Is it old? It's a fruiting age. And we can tell you. Sure. I mean, we can just go, yeah, that one, that'll fruit. It's a 10-year-old tree. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. I think when you're buying fruit trees, that's, that's definitely one where you do want some professional, nursery professional help. Yeah. Picking out the right trees, the right varieties. Um, it goes a long way to making sure you're going to get the fruit and, and product that you want. Yeah. The same thing with berries, mm-hmm. blueberries. I would go so far as tomatoes. I mean, the whole <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from Chris. All of a sudden, he now has a pack of javelina that decided oh, no. that his yard is a good walkthrough. Uh, so he's seen a lot of destruction in the plants that he's had. He wants to know, because he wants to replace, what are some tried and true javelina-resistant plants? Yeah. So that's a rough one. I had the same thing. I was helping a customer. I had skunks doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They were digging up their yard. And they're coming in. When they're, if they're rototilling the yard, there's something there. There's yeah. a reason they're doing that. And it's almost always grubs and worms. So if you kill the grubs, you won't have them rototilling your yard. They'll go, oh, I keep digging up here, and it's a lot of work, and there's no protein. Right. I want the big white grubby worms. And so they'll go to your neighbors, and they'll dig up their yard. So you put down a grub killer, and that'll get rid of the protein source. Skunks, they'll leave a little uh, a cone-shaped hole, perfect little hole, mm-hmm. uh, all over the yard. And they can smell the grub. they got little hands. Just <laughs> down, get it, and grab it. Uh, if you want to get rid of the skunks, get rid of the grubs, and they'll go to your neighbor's yard, and they'll squirt their dog and be, dig up their yard. So now to the plant piece, we do have a list at the garden center. Please come in and ask for it. It's free. Uh, it's a javelina-resistant plant list. Basically what's on that list is going to be herbs, mm-hmm. things that are native. So there's some cotoneasters, some gray-leaf cotoneaster, Parniac cotoneaster. They don't eat cotoneasters because they're, mm-hmm. they're a wild variety that grows here. And so they've just learned, ooh, nasty. Nandina mm-hmm. or heavenly bamboo of all things. It looks delicate. They don't eat it. Uh, Raphaeliptus. You've got uh, all the juniper varieties. They don't like those. Autumn sage. All the herbs. So rosemaries, lavenders, thyme, oregano, 
they don't like any of those. And mm-hmm. so that's that's lavender. Lavender. They, mm-hmm. they don't like those. So they're things that fr- they have a fragrance. Typically things that have blue foliage. Hmm. So when you see pinks or dianthus or carnations, generally those are all the same plant, very cousins of each other. Mm-hmm. They don't like any of them. So you can, you can plant those. Uh, lamb's ear, they don't eat that. You can just go down the list. Now, out of all the things we have here at the garden center, you've got to narrow it down to, I just gave you a list of 10 things. Maybe mm-hmm. there's another 15, I don't know, 10 more. But you can't have everything. You'll have to narrow down. So when you've got javelina, this is when it's really important to know what your design is going to be because you have less choices of, of numbers of plants. <laughs> so now you've got to be more purposeful with the plants that you have. Now you you can't just cottage garden and have a whole bunch of everything. You've got to go, what do I do with eight salvias, <laughs> with Russian sage? What do I do with... Catoni, how do I mix Catoni, Aster, and Junipers together to hold this hillside down? And what's the pattern? How do we make that look good? Mm-hmm. And so if you get that wrong, it'll feel wrong. You'll, you'll just know it's not quite right. Whereas when you have a lot of plants, a lot of choices, it's a lot easier. So that's one. Just help take a photo, bring it in. We can help you with the design and show yep. you you know, the top things. And we never say Havelina proof. <laughs> we always say resistive because sometimes right. they dig it up just to just for fun, just because they don't want they're not interested in the plant. They just want to dig it up because it's like new. They're bored. Yeah. 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 All right, Ken Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Double Pink Linton Rose. Stunning double pink flowers dangle from this amazing perennial. This flower stands apart from the rest for its tremendous color impact that starts in midwinter and then holds its blooms right through spring. So tough it's rarely bothered by bugs and completely deer-proof, all for just $17. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love new pink perennials, they love to shop. Hi, Waters with the plant of the week and our Bloomerang Lilacs. This revolutionary new lilac blooms in spring and then flowers and flowers again for season-long color. Enjoy classic lilac fragrance for months instead of weeks. This dwarf variety is rarely thirsty, stays small, and never needs maintenance, all for under $25. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love their lilacs to bloom and get it again, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. There is just a ridiculous amount of tree damage from that uh, snow, what was that, two weeks ago? Heaviest snow I've ever seen. Just, I keep finding branches broken. I mean, even in my backyard, here around the garden center, customers are coming in. Uh, they've, they've, they've been wintering down in Phoenix. Now they're starting to come up the hill to their, their mountain home, and they're seeing all the damage. I uh, mean, trees snapped off at the ground, just gone. If, if you need help, so I got to say thank you to uh, Johnny's Tree and Landscape Service. 
they helped me clean up some stuff that just they're true professionals, arborists. Uh, but Johnny Schaefer, he's he's the owner. Uh, they've been so busy, but he kind of still knows who their friends are and tries to help you out. He's just a he's just one of us. He's a neighbor, and he just comes over with his crews and cleans things up, chips them, and hauls them out of there. Uh, they if you if if it broke your tree enough and you just don't know where to go, call Johnny's. He's in the book. You can't miss him. Uh, and I don't, I don't give an ab, you know, a big shout out to just anyone like that. Uh, I just have seen their work over and over. He's helped me with some really big jobs, uh, and, and always, always top notch professional. And he knows trees. He just knows how to make them healthy and better. So call Johnny's if you get in trouble. We should cover zones. What are zones? So we've we've covered frost dates, but. You as a, a local gardener, especially if you're new to the area, it's confusing. What is our garden zone? What is a growing zone? What does that even mean? And so the Prescott area is a zone seven. That is our zone. If you're up in the higher ridge lines, like uh, Groom Creek, Highland Pines, you're up in Williams, you're up in Flagstaff, the higher elevations, White Mountains, you might be a zone six or five. What that is, if you're down in Phoenix, you're a zone 10, 11, 12. What it really comes down to is how cold hardy are your plants? And so zone seven is we need plants that can go down to, they've got enough antifreeze within the structure of that plant where they can comfortably go down to five, 10 degrees and not freeze. A zone six plant, then goes zero, sub-zero, you know, zero to negative five. Zone five, then go down to minus 10, 15 degrees. What that is, if you're a zone seven, and you're reading the plant tags at your nursery, you can plant in your zone seven garden, you can you can comfortably plant plants that are zone seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Any that number or lower, you're comfortable. If you go above that, you plant a zone nine, those plants can only go down to 30, 35 degrees. Well, we always get colder than that in the here in the higher elevations of the mountains of Arizona. We're going to freeze. And so that's why we can grow such great fruit trees. That's why we grow perennials better than Phoenix or the flatlands of Tucson ever dreamed of. Because uh, we do have this cold. But those plants are going to be a zone 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. Not a, not a warmer climate. So the, the biggest mistake I find that new folks to Arizona gardening make, especially in the mountains, is they're coming in from Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, where, wherever. And they've got this mythical dream of the Southwest. They want a saguaro cactus. They want, you know, they want little jackrabbits running around their backyard. Javelina are everywhere. Rattlesnakes are going through the backyard. I've got. I want everything to be in turquoise and and shades of Arizona sunset gold. Nah, you know, you really don't want a saguaro in your backyard. You can't have a Phoenix yard up here. You've got to go to Phoenix for that. They have desert plants. If you go down to Phoenix and you go to a nursery and you bring those plants up the hill and you plant them in your gardens, they will live until about the middle of December when we start to get real cold. We're starting to get down to those mid-20s. And then that beautiful uh, barrel cactus starts to melt. It turns black. It just The insides, it freezes from the inside out, turns black, melts, and just dies. I mean, to the plant. I've had customers spend thousands of dollars. It's, I mean, cacti, they're expensive. And so you really want to know, do your homework. Will this, am I in the right growing zone? Read the tag and go, will this be a good zone for me? 
Uh, citrus is another one. People want citrus. I'm moving to Arizona. I'm going to grow my own lime tree. I want a Meyer lemon. I want a grapefruit. I love grapefruit. Well, they don't grow up here in the mountains of, of at the higher elevations. Uh, if we do grow them, they're in containers, and then we bring them indoors for the winter. They treat them like a house plant, or we've got an Arizona room, or we've got a greenhouse where we protect them midwinter because they don't have enough antifreeze within the structure of that citrus to get through a cold winter. But apples do, pears do, peaches do, apricots, plums, nectarines. There's a whole series of plants, black, blackberries, raspberries, boysenberries, grapes. They all do really, really well because they can go through that cold. No worries. I mean, grapes go down to, I think, minus 20 degrees. They're zone five plant. Well, if you're a zone seven garden, you can easily grow a zone five because you'll never get that cold. It'll always thrive. No, how, no matter how cold that winter is, it's never going to harm that plant. So what zones are, you want to know what your zone is, and you can probably type into the Google bar, what's my garden zone for zip code, Vump, and it'll just tell you. But here in the Central Highlands, we're zone seven. Uh, now, I flirt around because I'm a gardener and I I grow some zone eights, but I gotta protect them really well. Uh, but I can grow all the easy stuff, the lower zones, no worries. And, and your zones and your yard will be a little different for your gardens. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it, too. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plums, and our Songbird Columbine. This graceful beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you. This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage, promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers. An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant. So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home. Songbird Columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares what's on her garden heart. I just love hanging out with you, my dear. Mm-hmm. We got 33 years involved together. Yes. Actually, we got longer than that. We dated all through college. So. Yes, we did. We were married uh, 30, 
for about so 32, 33 years. When, how long have we been married? It'll be 33 this year. 33. Right. And I'm more in love with you now, and I was madly in love with you back when we were dating. I can't even imagine what that correlates to, but it's nice working know. with a business. Yeah. Having your kids come, our kids come back home <laughs> working for us. It is. So things are happening. They are happening. That we, is true. We had uh, a staff meeting on Wednesday, just training, you know, how do you mm-hmm. deal with today's world? How do you social, does all that stuff to make sure we're safe, they're safe, everyone's safe. And now everyone's wearing masks. And you, you've gotten masks for every employee. Uh, like we're rolling a mask. So if we get act, we get like three. And we well, you got to keep them clean. You got to so, keep them clean. Yeah, you know, it's good to have a couple around so you can. I did get some. Uh, I talked to a restaurant buddy guy, and I mm-hmm. guess what they use in the bar to clean the glasses. Yeah. There's some tablets you can put in there, and that's what they use to clean. But it's not as harsh as bleach. bleach. <laughs> Doesn't clean. Won't wash out the fabric. So uh-huh. I got some of that coming. That'll be here uh-huh. in the next couple of days. Okay. So we can have a bucket and r- kind of rinse cool. them. Hang them so they don't bleach out or mm-hmm. get weird looking. I'll, I'll show it to you after the show. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Lisa comes and just shares garden info. So, hey, lady, what you got? What do I got? Yeah. <laughs> so we have, people are way anxious to be putting in their tomatoes and peppers and they're buying them. Um, and we have some new varieties this year that I thought were really interesting. Uh, that I thought I would share with everybody. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting antsy. I want to. I want to do get <laughs> get some things in the garden or more right. things <clears> into <throat> the gardens. Yeah. Got lots of holes. The soil's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Be nice to start. Yeah, plugging that. So it's a, it's a hair early yet. The old timers know it's it's still a little early to be putting those tender warm season veggies in. But you can certainly get them. You can put them in a nice sunny window. You could put them in an Arizona room. A lot of people have greenhouses true. anymore. That's surprising, yeah. So you can certainly get them a little early when you find them. But um, yeah, maybe a hair early just to be putting them out in the garden and letting them be free. We sell a thing here called plant protectors that you mm-hmm. could plant your tomato, your pepper, your whatever that is, whatever you're going to mention, inspire us to buy <laughs> or to plant. Uh, but they make this plant little mini teepee that goes over them that actually works hugely effective. I yeah. mean, even more so than a greenhouse. It's very I agree. effective. I think that helps really heat up the soil, yeah. which is really what your plants want. Anyways, those warmer soil temperatures, and I think those really help to do that. So this is, we should let people know that there is, the, the market is weird this year, as mm-hmm. we've seen at different kinds of, different kinds of stores. Right. Well, that's also trickled down to edible plants so tomatoes vegetables lettuce herbs Mm -hmm. Uh, this is one that as you see them there may or may not be a crop behind them this is one you probably want to grab it while you can Mm -hmm. because it is highly likely that we won't get more of them so uh, we're seeing this this whole virus thing happen where the growers might be shut down yeah you got a breeder that's creating the starts that give it to the grower that grows this thing out that they may actually shut that down and we can't get more for two, three, four weeks. I don't know. We yeah. just are living day by day at this point. A lot we're of tr- unknowns. We're trying to load up, but for sure seed, they're out. The bank, seed banks, they're out. There aren't any. Right. So plants are starting to be the same way. So grab yeah. them while you can, while you mm-hmm. see them, because right. there's no guarantees there'll be more on there. I hope there is. I hope, right. I, I want to be selling vegetable plants. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to squirrel a few away for us. Right, so it's, right. anyway, just just be aware of what's going on. Sure. 
So I thought we'd talk about the peppers first. Yeah. So they have um, out a new bell pepper called a rainbow bell Ooh, pepper. Fun. And just like it sounds, there's seven different colors of peppers that will show up on the same plant. Get so you're getting red and green and orange and yellow and chocolate and lilac and purple. And I think there might be one more color on White. That. Tell I me white. I think it is Pumpkin. white. It's, oh, really? Is it white? Wow. I think it might be. But how cool and how pretty That'd be would fun. that be? I'd put that in a, in a flower that's Wouldn't so pretty. That I nice? put in a flower with some yeah. alyssum around the base. That'd just be beautiful unto itself. I agree. Wow. It'd be really, really pretty. Grab one for us. I, I want one of those. You do? That, yeah, that okay. just sounds fun. I've never seen that. I know. A violet pepper. I don't even know what you're saying when you've <laughs> never seen such a thing. How fun. Yeah, so it should be really, especially if you get kids. Oh, um, sure. Think how fun that would be. Maybe yeah. they'd be more willing to eat <laughs> <laughs> their peppers. <laughs> Maybe. My Maybe. mother used to stuff peppers and <laughs> cabbage. And I still love it to this day. I <laughs> can't stand stuffed peppers. <laughs> so, uh, we have a couple of different Italian peppers, which are you know a little more longer, skinnier yeah. peppers. Uh, we have the Marconi Red, which has a really nice kind of crunch to it. Good eating one, yeah. or you can also you know cook them, grill them, that kind of thing. We have the Italian Roasted uh, Pepper. Which goes from green to red. So when it's mature, it has a really pretty red color to them. Both of those Italian peppers are pretty mild yeah, pepper yeah, on them. And of course we have, pomanos aren't new, but they are truly gaining in popularity. So sometimes the, the poblano is also the ancho, yeah. um, those kind of peppers that you use a lot in your um, Hispanic Chili, food cooking. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, what, that's a pepper they use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, just wanted to mention that because we had them. We have a Bulgarian carrot pepper. Oh, I don't know what that is. Really? <laughs> it looks really oh. cool. So it, it's it's uh, tang- tangy and it's got a little bit of the heat that kind of builds to it, you know, as nice. you eat them. But it's kind of a skinnier, longer, pointy pepper. And it's orange, bright orange. orange. So, so it's like looks a cayenne. Like a, it's like an orange cayenne yeah, or something. But it looks like a carrot. It's oh. the Bulgarian carrot. You gotta love the Bulgarians. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have in right now some shishitos, which have have really gained in popularity. People like to uh, grill them, heat them up, yeah. put some spice and that kind of stuff on them, eat them that way. And of course, the sriracha, which is also another real um, popular one coming up. So those are a few of the peppers we have. And then I, I grabbed off the counter the Scoville scale of peppers. Okay. That's so how hot are they? That's yep. the heat indicator. So yep. guess what a bell pepper has? Zero. Right. Yeah. It's sweet. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it's yeah. got negative. Yep. Right. So it's absolutely zero, zero, zero. One of my favorite peppers is the jalapeno. 5,000. It's between 2,500 to 8,000. Oh, really? I've yeah. nailed it. You no. did. Wow. You're good. You're good. Give, what give about a hard. Tabasco pepper? Oh, call it 8,000. 30 to 50,000. Oh, I'm totally off. Okay. Right. No wonder it's my tongue's burning. And then burning. habaneros, which is about the hottest pepper I a would million. ever want to eat, is 100 to 350,000. Oh, 1,000. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's not so hot. And guess what the hottest one is? I don't know. The Carolina Reaper. Ooh, the Reaper. A million. It's at 1.4 million to 220. And we have some of those here (laughs) at the Garden Center. You too could grow. Your face will burn off if you look at the plant. Yeah. Why would you do that? That's a big question. I had someone's... 
They grow them, dry them, and then they blend the peppers together and use them in a, sh- oh, in a shaker. Okay. Use them so to flavor things. Yeah, they're using it to flavor sauces or yeah. different dishes. So there's I a way to use that. them that's... It's not for the flavors, for the heat. They right. don't have another flavorful mm-hmm. type of thing. So you mix a bell pepper with a, a reaper right. and you get this sweet. I could see anyway. that maybe. Yeah. So I'm going to only, because I'm out of time, I'm going to mention one tomato. It's called Dancing with Smurfs. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's it's more like a little cherry tomato, but yeah. it has a blue color oh, to it. Oh, a blue tomato. Yeah. Another violet thing. Violet right. peppers and violet... Violet uh, there you uh, go. tomatoes with, with reaper spice on top of it. <laughs> that sounds fun. What I, I thought it was a goofy name, but no, Smurf it's tomato. It's actually a blue cherry tomato. We have a lot of tomatoes out we there. Do. Lots of heirlooms, <clears throat> lots of dwarfed. Uh, do you have a dwarfed Dwarves, ones cherries, over there? Dwarfs, cherries, everything. Lots of varieties that you can, you can start to plant now if you protect them mm-hmm. or you buy them and you bring them in or you, you got to right. protect them right now or watch the weather very closely. Mm-hmm. But you can plant peppers, tomatoes, We've got all the leafy varieties. Eggplants are in. Do we have uh, cucumbers yet? Not, Not yet. yet. Probably Corn. maybe the next week or two. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, still, it's still early yet. So, right. All right, Lisa Waters Lane in the studio sharing her thoughts on edibles, the interesting new things you can plant now in the gardens. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Waters, with the plant of the week and our flowering Easter baskets. Spring has sprung and time for some celebratory Easter color. The Garden Center is stocked full of these big, bold flower baskets grown to perfection. They're really pretty. The key to success? Abundant flowers. Everything must mesh, intertwine, and spill. The more colors, the merrier. We've grown over 200 of these festive baskets that are the epitome of Easter happiness. At just $19.99, these large flower baskets are grown to lift the spirit of the gardener within. Overflowing with flowers so nicely, they make the perfect gift for neighbors, moms, pastors, or a good friend you really appreciate. Don't forget to treat yourself to some instant flower color this week as well. These uniquely grown, specially priced flower baskets are only available until Easter Sunday and all for under $20. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love colorful Easter baskets, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, we are back with the Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. And uh, one of the just delights of my job I get to hang out with gardeners. So whenever I get stressed out, I'm talking with accountants, uh, it's tax season or it's lawyers or strategies or marketing guys, I kind of go, I'm just stressed out. I can't take any more of this. And I go out and I help gardeners out in, the, out in the store. The other part of my job that I love is I get to hang out with really smart, cool people that actually create the life that I get to sell. So I get to, when you're talking plants with me, it's not just a thing in bloom. I'm talking to the guy that made this plant in bloom, and he developed it, created it, grew it, introduced it, shipped it, and now it's here at the store. And Chris Shipley with Savano's Nursery out of Tucson, a good friend, he's here at the garden center 
uh, talking to customers, training our staff so that they are smarter about the plants that we offer here at Waters Garden Center. But Chris was sharing some uh, pollinator kind of perennial kind of stuff. And with Chris, could, you've got time. Can you give me ten minutes on the airwaves? Could could you come? Could you come talk real quick? And so he said, "Yes, sure." Chris, welcome to the studio. I'm Thank so glad you, you're here. Thank you this very awesome. much. Yeah. So you are one of the smartest. Tell us some history. So you know plants probably more than anyone that I know. You're introducing many of those Southwest kind of Xerxcape kind of plants. You've got a farm that is stunning. And not only that, but you have a garden center. We have our own family as garden well. center. How many family members do you have? And how long has Savannah's been around? And how did you get into this? Why aren't you a banker or selling, I don't know, surfing someplace or scuba diving? Or <laughs> why weren't you doing something else? Well, I love plants. And okay. we've been... Doing this for 23 years now, and there's five family members, uh, my two brothers, my father, and my wife, and uh, we just love plants. We love breeding plants, and we love sharing them with people of the Southwest. That's awesome. So we're here today, uh, we're going to talk about pollinator plants. So tell me about, so audience here, this is like broadcast all over this part of the Southwest. Uh, what's the difference between breeder, grower, landscaper, retailer, and you're kind of doing all of those things. Uh, uh, what is a breeder, and how does that tie into this whole industry, the whole agribusiness of plants? How does it get started? How do you find a plant to actually breed, introduce, patent, and all that stuff? It, it sounds uh, hard, but it's really – a lot of breeding is done just by keeping your eyes wide open, looking for traits that you want, pretty, bigger flowers, bigger leaves, uh, different shapes if you keep your eyes open all the time every once in a while you find a plant and you you take that plant home you keep it in isolation you watch it you plant it and it takes a long time but every once in a while you find that such the same you find a plant that's just different and special and we have one that we found um it's a an asclepius native to arizona it's pine leaf milkweed very normally weedy looking plant and we found the most beautiful one that's uniform and you just want to pet it it's so fuzzy you just want to pet it and um we call it monarch magnet and it will be up here this spring at waters garden center with a lot of butterflies going around it yeah we love milkweeds all milkweeds but to say that it's an arizonan and we are on the the monarch migration path so they do float through quite often north and south and so if you have any kind of, of milkweed, they know what it is. They're just drawn to it. It's like they love butterfly it. magnet, just like you said. Monarch magnet. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful plant compared to the normal sea-grown varieties, which you wouldn't even get a, give a second look if you didn't know what it was. This one, even if you didn't know it was a milkweed, you just want it. It's so beautiful and so pettable. Pettable. It's pettable. pettable. I can't wait. We don't have it right at the moment, but it's coming. The second that thing is available, yep. bring it in. We've probably April, you think? Is yes. that yeah, so soon? First really April. soon? So, how, so you found this plant out yep. in the wild. You went, oh, that's neat. You take a cutting or you dig it up. Or right. what do you, we t- take a cutting. Cutting. Yep. You bring it back to your facility. And now you start rooting out those cuttings. Right. And you go, oh, I wonder if this will grow. And, and so, how many years has that been? Is that like next Four two years. years? Four years. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
got to watch it. We got to understand how tall it gets, how wide it gets. Uh, we got to understand it's how to reproduce it by cuttings because yeah. normally you only do it by seed. Okay. And so you have to figure out how to clone it um, by cuttings. Yeah. Um, and it takes a long time. And you just have to know about the plant and so what it's going to do in your customer's pot or yard and in the ground. And so, but yeah, we're very proud to introduce that plant. Um, so how many American. patents do you have right now as a company? It's uh, like a dozen or? 10 to 15. Really? And we have another 10 on the way. Wow. Yeah. So now out, out of those plants, you're, you've got 10 of those that I can buy and bring in or just start to right. show off here yes. that you've, you've introduced. And then you're breeding those. You introduce those into the marketplace. Then you grow them because you've got a growing facility. Right. Once they're up, the crop is up to enough units to sale, retail quality, and then you bring it to the retailers and you're introducing these plants through the garden centers. Through the garden centers. get that right? Independent garden centers. Okay. And then the next step is we we will do licensing deals with even bigger nurseries. Gotcha. So they can take it to more people. Go national with it. Yes. So you go Southwestern. Yep. And then they they go global. They can go from... your patent, to Florida. your patent makes sure you get a nickel or dime or exactly or however however yeah, much you negotiate right. yeah. per per unit plant grown right. globally. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, and it may may go international. That's right. That would be awesome. <laughs> Have you got a new yacht picked out, a new plane, or you going to take a trip someplace? Canoe, got a nice canoe. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell us about some other new things. Maybe the the audience has not well, seen nice, or heard before a pollinator plant that's. Um, maybe a little underused that you won't find anywhere else up here except at your garden center, Ken, is uh, Greg's Mist Plant, Coniclinium. Um, it is like, it is it is drugs for butterflies. They will, <laughs> they will be mesmerized. You'll have 30, 40 butterflies going in circles. They yeah, don't know why. I've seen that. Yeah, that's but it true. Is nectar, it is food for butterflies, and they are drawn as, just amazingly to this plant. And it, it, it's um, zone right just for Prescott, zone six. Yeah. Uh, it's cold hardy, it's sun hardy, and it's actual food for butterflies. And if you put one in a pot, they will be there all summer long. And then it, it freezes. At the, the flowers go away at the appropriate time, so the butterflies go away at oh, the appropriate time. I had noticed that, and I've got that in my backyard, just mm-hmm. growing in the back in the landscape. And it is just the painted ladies. They they're like they just like swarm yeah. around and this native thing. Native to Arizona, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I didn't know that it the, the it when the frost comes it kind of gets stops blooming. So yeah. the butterflies keep going south keep going for the south. summer. Yeah, very native interesting. To your mountains right here. Yep, that's what I love. You grow some of the most interesting perennials I've seen. You, natives, yuccas. Yeah, we got those, and I sell a lot of those. But your perennials are so unusual, different, and you've got an eye out, an Arizona eye, out for the plants that grow well here in the mountains of Arizona, or here through uh, Arizona, all of Arizona. Well, someone has to care about Arizona. I agree. Yeah. It's about time we may heard well that, be, actually. May as well be us. Yeah. <laughs> so now you, you've you got uh, a, this, you're way bigger than a garden, so you're a growing facility breeder. You're, you're selling plants, Sabano's growers. Right. What... Uh, the whole Southwest. You go to Utah, or you we go, go to, to, we go to Utah, Texas, of course. Nevada, California, Got most of Texas, uh, New Mexico, and all of Arizona. Gotcha. So you're going to Austin. My daughter lives there. Yeah, I would so, love Austin. Saw some of your product over there at, the, at a garden at a friend's yeah. garden center. Went, whoa, yeah. Chris is over here. That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Austin loves gardening. They do. It's a young town, vibrant town. You got two daughters there. They just wow. they, they're both gardeners. 
Fantastic. Yeah. So now, okay, we got like 30 seconds left. Anything else you want to share with us that might be an epiphany? That Well, right now what caught my eye in your garden center is the uh, Salvia Radio Red. Yeah. A beautiful, beautiful Salvia Grey Guy that attracts a lot of hummingbirds. And um, the, larger red, the larger red flowers with the larger green leaf, it is my favorite Salvia Grey Guy. And I see those selling beautifully at your store right now. Hummingbirds cannot resist you'll see them darting across the landscape they'll see this radio red salvia or autumn sage is the common yeah. name and they will change direction a heartbeat boom, flying over <laughs> they're starting to go they're starting to grow and starting to bud up really nicely and the males always fly up first up to the mountains they kind of stake their territory oh. and they'll they'll start fighting over these shrubs no that's my shrub no oh. no there's my shrub and it's just it's fun to watch them okay. the antics that happen with Wow. I mean, it's ridiculous. But Radio Red, brighter red than any of the other salvias. Well done on that. So. Yeah. All right. Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardener with Chris Shipley. It's Savano's Nursery. Just uh, the inside look of the landscape, nursery, breeder, grower, retailer world. Thanks, Chris, for being Thank here. Thank you. Be right back after this. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for the month are poppy, columbine, purple plum, and our perfumed lilac. The fragrance will remind you of visits to grandmother's house. A truly outstanding lilac for the large flowers and captivating fragrance, and super easy to grow. She is in a class by herself, even in the hottest of sun locations. The more sun she receives, the more flowers you'll have. Perfumed lilac can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week and our flirty skirt pansies. No more shy pansies, these blooms beam back at you. Frilly, cheery, flirty flowers resemble Marilyn Monroe's rippled skirt blowing in a breeze. She enjoys growing in her inclement weather and a carnival of colors priced at just $7.99, so you can enjoy more than just one. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love flirty flowers, they love to shop. This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center floor asking customers, why do you garden? Very relaxing and interesting, and I love watching the hummingbirds in the summer. And why do you like shopping at Waters Garden Center? There's so much variety, lot of choice, and everybody knows everything about the stuff they sell, which is very good. Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. couple other things to put on your radar as you're starting your garden season, especially if you're new new to the area. Uh, our sun is more intense. And so some plants that you grew out in full sun in, in the Midwest or Southern California, like, like Japanese maples, at high elevation, our sun is so intense, there's less atmosphere to, to, to clear out all the UV rays, those plants will burn here at this elevation. So 
The tag says will grow in full sun, but really, and it will live. It'll just be the ugliest plant you've ever tried to grow because the tips will all burn off. And it, it just, it's just be careful. I notice that geraniums you grow out in Chicago area, full sun, and they're beautiful. Here, we can grow them in full sun, but I find they bloom a little better, longer if they've got some mid-afternoon shade. So you want to watch that. The sun is more intense. The other one is, for all of us, no matter where you're tuned in through to this show, uh, the Southwest, this little bubble here in the Southwest, we're very alkaline. Our water is extremely alkaline. That's going to be new for you. And so if you're from other parts of the country, you're always trying to correct the acidity. You're trying to make things more alkaline because your soil's so acid-loving, because you've got so much leaf litter and and uh, mushroom molds, and you've got all this organics. Well, we don't have that. And then our tap water is probably at 7.5 to, I've seen as high as 9.2, which is sterile. Nothing grows. Probably if you were to camp out and take a bath in that for a few hours, your skin would start to crawl. It's really high pH. Well, your roots don't like that. Your roots will try to crawl out of the out of the soil going, I just don't like this alkalinity. So you're always trying to lower, make your soils more acidic always. So whatever food that you're using out in the yard, you want to make sure it's got soil sulfur added to it. Sulfur is what brings your pH down. If, you're, if you read your national magazines, your national uh, HGTV, they're going, oh, you want to add lime to your soil. Lime will sweeten your soil. Don't do that here in the Southwest. Lime does not. Lime raises your pH. Well, if you've got real acidy soil, you do want to add lime. But that's not us. Whenever you hear that, we want to do the opposite. We want to add sulfur. And all your national brand fertilizers, your turf builders and your Scots, whatever, they've all got lime added to the mix. They're always, because they're not selling to us in the Southwest, they're selling to the golden, the garden arc from DC to Boston, over to Chicago, and then over to Seattle. That's called the great garden arc. Uh, they're making products for that. That's where most of the gardeners are. Most of the garden products are sold there. Not for us. Here you want to make sure your, your, fertilizer, your fertilizer has has acid. It makes it more acidic with soil sulfur. That and also you don't have very much fertilizer in your soil. In fact, you've got, you've got junk for dirt. You're going to have to always, you're going to have to fertilize more often than you're used to. And that's kind of the last little bit of tip I can give to you. Our garden classes, we're streaming those live every Friday at 3 o'clock. Next week is going to be herbs and vegetables, how to have better produce, how to get larger tomatoes, more of them, how to water them, how to take care for them. Uh, and then the uh, last one, Arbor Day weekend, next coming up Arbor Day, Earth Day. Uh, that is, what is that, the 24th, I think, Friday at 3. Uh, it's tiny trees for tiny yards. What are the cutest, best-looking trees? We'll go over all that. I can wish you all a happy and prosperous just Easter. What if we go all Vulcan on people? Just it may, may you have a blessed uh, uh, Easter. He is risen. You know what I'm talking about. And then take care of your pastors. They're feeling lonely. I had some uh, pastors, a couple of them come in last Sunday. Oh, they were feeling distant. Nurture on them. Might take a phone call. Take them a flower. Just they feel better. They're, they're feeling disconnected. Really protect your pastors, your clerics, your your priests, watch after them because this is as hard on them, this whole distant stuff, as it is to, to any of them. But have a good Easter, everyone. 
We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandmother would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Purple Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. They don't just bloom once in spring, they bloom again in summer. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, and just $29.99. Come check out all the heavenly new sights and scents that are making this spring the most beautiful ever. Lilacs like Grandma used to grow and better. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.